Well, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Kara Forsyth with Equus Physio, bridging the medical gap between pain and recovery and success in the saddle for horse and rider. She is originally from Salmon Arm, BC, currently residing in Cochrane, Alberta. Kara, how are you today? Number one, I am so excited that you know her whole like motto thing. I just put the biggest <laughs> smile on my face for an early morning coffee date. Good, good. <laughs> I'm well. Good. I'm glad that we're having a coffee date the other night. We had a dinner date, and um, we were talking about worst Valentine's Day stories, and yours were hilarious. Mine weren't that great. So I want to hear yours. I want everyone to hear this. <laughs> kind of embarrassing. Okay. Goes back about 15 years. I just finished traveling, so my hair was really long. So if anyone knows me, they know that I have long locks. Um, kind of a safety blanket. Anyways, long hair after traveling, and this guy asked me out on a date, and it was a dinner party. At his parents' house, of course, because we're in our early 20s. And he he cooked dinner for everyone, homemade pasta, lobster, homemade pies, everything. And I did nothing. And I had one glass of wine, and I don't drink, really. So, obviously, that probably affected me a little bit. Anyway, so I thought I would help clear the plate. So, I reached over to clear one of the plates. And it was one of those long dinner tables, and my girlfriend was at the very end. And I reached over, and all of a sudden, I look up, and my girlfriend was like, Kira! And I looked down and my hair was on fire. So I'm like drastically trying to like pat at it. There's hair in the wine glasses. There's hair in the dessert. They had to open up the windows, all of that. And it was so embarrassing. Anyways, that's part one. Yeah, part two. (laughs) Part two. (laughs) Poor guy. Part two, he was a climber. So we went in Salmon Arm out to this like climbing area and it was April. Still snow on the ground. And I hadn't really climbed. So he was leading up whatever the rock face and he gets up part way and he yells down that he really had to go pee and I was like well would you ever just like go and he's like no this is like a sacred place you don't do that that's rude and I was like okay fair enough meanwhile another guy who was our friend came up and was like chatting with me and anyways the date at the top hooked his self in to the very top into the safety and the next thing you know he is wiggling around like I don't know, a whale on the beach? Yeah, no, it wasn't even a whale on the beach when Kira was doing this in the restaurant the other night. It was like a, fi- a fish in a boat, basically. But he's hooked onto the line. So I just try to imagine that. <laughs> if you could see my little dance, it goes like yeah. it's a lot better. Um, he hooks on there, and then all of a sudden he's yelling down at us not to look at him. And next thing you know, there's some liquid dripping from his oh, shoes. Oh, gosh. Poor guy was wearing waterproof pants. And he peed himself. He was in uh, his mid-twenties and peed himself. Just, well, oh gosh, that's so brutal. <laughs> to make matters worse, he came back down. He had a little bath in the freezing cold creek and he was so embarrassed. And all I could say was, well, at least you didn't poop yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's my worst date story. We never went on a third. One of us probably would have died. You know what? I really still feel like it was the universe being like, no, you two do not belong together. Here are going to be the worst possible things to happen on dates to push you guys apart. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's funny though. But he's married now and has a beautiful wife and daughter. So Great. It worked out for him. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay. So let's start off. I want to know, um, how you, how did you get into horses? First of all, like have horses been a part of your life, your whole entire life? Um, so my family wasn't into horses at all. Um, okay. First off, they thought I was for lack of better words, um, slow when I was young, so I couldn't (laughs) read. They sent me to all of these (laughs) specialists and stuff. Turned out that I just didn't learn how to read via phonics. Like I can't sound stuff out. Yeah. 
Um, but one of the ways my mom got me to read was to, I wanted a horse. I wanted, like, I wanted a horse from when I was very little. I remember looking outside my grandpa's little lot and being like, you can have a pony out there. Um, anyway, she would give me the newspaper and I would, like, read through the ads. And that's what I would do. I'd go to, like, the mailbox and I'd go get the ads. That actually makes me quite sad. But I'd, like, every, whatever, it came a couple it's times a week. It's not sad. <laughs> and I would read. Um, so I wanted, and I begged, and I begged, and I begged, and I begged until I got a horse in grade five. And, um, yeah, that was my first thing. So my parents were never into it. I yeah. just always been an animal person. My mom says that from a little kid, I liked animals better than people. Yeah, this <laughs> might still be true. <laughs> I believe it. So started off in, like, in your typical, like, 4-H thing. Yeah. And then went and did a little bit of, like, the pleasure stuff. Yeah. Chase cans for a bit. Yeah. Kind of got out of it. Um, my good horse broke her leg while I was traveling. Oh. I know. thought one of my family members had passed away the way my mom was trying to get a hold of me in Ecuador. But, um, and then what happened after that? Yeah, didn't really ride for a little bit. Just had some young horses. And then completely switched and got into the jumpers. Yeah, that's and, cool. Yeah, totally switched, got into the jumpers. And now um, I'm excited to get back into the brow world. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm happy that you yeah, are too. Yes. Yeah, so just got a little um, Philly from the CBHI sale. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, you did. We got to sit together and bid on horses <laughs> and everybody thought that I was buying a horse. I did not buy a horse, guys. <laughs> <laughs> It's Kieran Stacy. Kieran Stacy. That was fun. That was yeah, fun. that was a lot of fun. Okay, that's cool. So, um, what schooling did you take? Okay, so I'm a little bit of a nerd. Okay, um, great. So, <laughs> so my first degree is in psychology, and I did that at UBCO. Then I went and traveled for five years, and honestly, I feel like I learned more in that five years backpacking than I probably did with all of my education. Just wow. like life experience. Yeah, totally. Where it's did been, you go? Um, so started off in Southeast Asia, um, was there for four months, um, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, came back, worked summer job, waitress, did a road. Yeah. And then we went to South America, sorry, I lied. We went to Central America. So started off in Mexico, went all the way down to Panama. And then I lived in El Salvador after that. And then my dad came down and visited me, went to Gulf Coast Islands, back to, um, Ecuador and down to Peru. And then the next trip, we started off with South America, started off in Trinidad and Tobago, went all the way down to Chile, and that was about six months, came back, um, then went to Germany, France, and then South Africa. Okay, so she also, like, triples, doubles, whatever, as a travel agent, and you could probably just, like, or a travel advisor, and you could (laughs) tell people, like, go see this, this, and this when you go here, because it sounds like you've been everywhere. Yeah, that was a huge, a huge part of me growing up. Wow. Yeah. That's Huge. amazing. Huge. Yeah. Okay. Super influential, all of that stuff. Yeah. Hugely. Yeah. And so then did you do more schooling even after that? Yeah. So then oh came, came back and whatever, wanted to get back into like the real world and didn't quite know what I wanted to do, but everyone, so I had taught swimming lessons for years and that's how actually I put myself through my first degree was lifeguarding and serving. And then everyone's like, you were such a good swim instructor. You should go into teaching. So I did my teaching degree and after degree in that. And then I took a little bit too much home from teaching, which I knew I probably couldn't do long term. Yeah. And I never thought I was smart enough to get into physio school. So I didn't try at first. I Uh. got in right away. So then I did my master's in physiotherapy, which 
I'm super happy that I did that roundabout route. Like everyone's like, oh, you're like a perpetual student. But really like in any one that has chronic pain or other things going on in their life, the psych degree comes in to play. Yeah. And what do I do all day long? I teach. Yeah. I teach it all comes together. It all, yeah, into like this one little bundle. And then after school, yeah, we have our equine rehab that we've done through the Canadian Physiotherapy Association, through the Animal Rehab Division. Um, I have a pelvic floor. I've done that. Um, K-taping, dry needling, motor vehicle accidents. I have my manual therapy, which means I can ma- manipulate just like a chiropractor, spine, and then peripheral joints. Um, Charlie Kelly. Oh, there's multiple courses that I've taken. So I'm like a true nerd at heart. And one of our things of being a physiotherapist is lifelong learning. And that's what I try and really uphold and like our clinic just in general. That's amazing. So then um, how did you get into the animal rehab part of it all? Okay. So I'm going to take you back to our love story. Yes. So, okay. so Equus Physio is where I work and Sandra and I have created this thing from a napkin up to what it is now. So first day of physio school, you're, you're all sitting there in this lecture hall. There's 118 of you. And you have to all go around and say why you're in it. And I'm going to apologize if I get teary. That's fine. Um, we go around. And so for me, I when so one of the reasons I wanted to go into physio was because my dad has fractured his back multiple times and was never given rehab, um, but was just given like pain meds. So like that, of course, right? Yeah. Like that's your typical small town. I hated our doctor. Yeah. I was always like, you need a new one, whatever. But that was how it is. Yeah. And so... There's a little bit of a, a thing there for me. So I was really interested into backs, and I still do love treating backs. Um, but Sandra Oxtoby, who's my partner in crime, um, went around. She's like, I want to work on horses. And the dean at the front was like, you know, this is for humans, right? And she's like, yep. And I was like, who is that chick? So the next <laughs> class, I, like, walked up to her. She has this um, horseshoe on her foot, and I asked her about it. And I was like, tell me more about the animal rehab. So going into Sandra's story, um, Sandra's mom owned a, a farm and like a breeding farm in the stallion from my understanding was one of their main sources of income and their stud got hurt mm-hmm. and the vet came out and said, okay, we can put it down or we can put it out to pasture. There's nothing else we can really do for it. Yeah. And it was a Grand Prix dressage horse. Like she was competing at a high level and her mom didn't like that answer and said, okay, I just had SI issues, back pain, and I went to a physio and they fixed me. Why is there no one else? And the vet was like, well, there might be somebody, but I don't know of anyone. They ended up finding Leslie, who's a physio trained in the UK and also a human physio. Um, and at this time, there wasn't really animal rehab mm-hmm. here in Canada. So Leslie came out and they worked on this stud and with Lori as well, who's also one of Sandra's mentors. And they got the horse back to breeding, um, from my understanding, pretty much like kind of like save the farm. Yeah. And Sandra remembers hanging on, they're sitting on, either hanging on the fence or sitting in the car as like an eight or nine year old girl and knowing exactly what she wanted to do. Cause like so happy that pretty much didn't have to put this horse down. It was back and like life changing. Yeah. So she told me that story and I was like, oh my God, we need to like start something. So went through physio school together and kind of always friends, knew each road, all that. I did not know how good of a rider Sandra is. She rides at a Grand Prix. Just all That's level, amazing. But you never know, just like talking to her. And But she also started off in the reigning world, so has that Western side as well. Cool. And then um, I ended up moving down to Calgary, and we met up for just a drink one night, and Equus started on a napkin, 
And like with our name, we wanted red because we were women. We wanted to be bold. We wanted to be powerful. We wanted people to know who we were yeah. and um, to have an influence. And that's kind of how Equus started. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So then what is Equus Physio? So how would you, how would you describe that to a person if they're like, Hey, what do you do? What's Equus Physio? So we're a physiotherapy clinic. And like you said at the beginning, we are bridging the medical gap between pain and recovery and success in the saddle for horse and rider. So what does that really mean? Yeah. Is that, so one, we have an actual physical location in Cochrane, Alberta, yeah. where we have a regular physio clinic. You can come in, you don't have to be a rider. Um, we do WCB, car accidents, all of that. So regular physio. But what really our jam and our expertise is, is looking at the horse and rider yeah. as a combo unit. So what we love to do is watch you ride, pick apart the horse, pick apart the rider. Yeah. Assess you. Yeah. Treat you individually and then put you back together again. Which is so cool. Can you describe like the importance of how, I mean, we know this in our heads. I know people have to know that if something's out on you, it's going to affect your horse. They're so sensitive. They can feel a mosquito or a fly land on them. Of course, they're going to notice when your hips are off, but let's, I want you to talk about how important it is that you need to be straight and level and balanced and good to go so that your horse can be. I just got like shivers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, okay. So here's an example. So one of the last clinics that Sandra and I did together Mm -hmm. We both treated the horse. One of us treated the humans and one of us treated the horses. Yes. And we, when we were assessing, we didn't say what was wrong until at the very end. Nine out of the ten pairs had the exact same issues. So I'd be like, okay, I'm treating C3, 4 on the left. Sandra's like, I'm treating C3, 4 on the horse. I'm treating the left SI. I'm treating the left SI. The only pair that wasn't the same was a horse that was neurologic. So okay. we wouldn't expect a horse that's neurologic, the human, to have Parkinson's yeah. or MS or something yeah. along those lines. But I feel like we throw thousands of dollars at our horses to get them to perform better. But if we're not performing at our best, we're just hindering that poor animal. Yeah. Because the horses are amazing. They they compensate for us. Absolutely. Right? Like yeah. if our hip is not moving appropriately, that horse is going to move their body to make make them move the way that you want them to do. Yeah. Right? That's amazing. So that's what we, that's why we're the difference or yeah. different. We're really a paradigm shift, I like to think. Yeah, yeah. that's so, amazing. Yeah. So then for people to be able to get in with you to see you, do they have to come down to Cochrane or do you, the two of you guys travel or have like a traveling schedule? Like how does that work? Um, so yes, yeah, so you can always come to Cochrane, um, but we do travel quite a bit as well. So there's a schedule on like our website. Okay. Um, so yeah, we travel all over Canada. Um, so I'm doing a clinic tomorrow here in Saskatoon. Um, cool. Yeah, with seven different rider pairs. That's awesome. That, um, Sanders heading up to the Yukon here shortly. Wow. And then out to Manitoba. I'm headed out to BC. Um, yes, yeah, so we travel kind of all over. So when girls, I know like obviously my podcast is barrel racing related. So girls, you guys have seen Equus Physio at ABRA before and other various events. When you see her somewhere and you want to work on your horse and yourself, utilize her when she's at these events. Like have Kira come and watch you ride and see what's going on and work on you. Because I mean, you've told me that you were working on someone and like shaved off how many seconds or tenths off of a run. Like it makes a difference. We know that we work on, get our horses worked on before runs, but we never think about to work ourselves. And how many of us barrel racers are crippled as hell? Me, I'm not even barrel racing anymore, (laughs) but I'm still feeling the effects of it. And I can remember it being like so just sore or sitting crooked or whatever 
not going back to like my equitation where I should be sitting straight. I'm like, I'm too crippled to sit straight right now. Oh, how is that going to affect my horse? Hugely. Of course it is. 100%. Yeah. So people utilize Kira and her team when you see her somewhere. Even, even we've had people come in. So an assessment I had come in the clinic and I hadn't actually watched her ride, but she's riding multiple horses. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what, where are you always running? She's like, no, I always run to the left. And I was looking at her horses, so there's an old kind of wives' tales that whatever way, and not everyone's going to agree with me, and that's fine. That's fine. But whatever way the mane falls, that's yeah. going to be their strong side. Right. So that's going to be their second barrel. Right. So I was looking at these horses, and I'm like, you're running them the same way, but they shouldn't be running that. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I, my first barrel's always my worst. I was like, well, of course looked at her her hips were out like the rider's hips were out we yeah. fixed that and she went and rode her five horses that that afternoon and she said it made a world of difference even picking up a lead yes right yeah if they're yeah. that sensitive and they can sit like I mean when you're when you're supposed to be asking for picking up a lope or a canter you don't want to be posting you want to be sitting and driving and using your leg but if your hips are off your horse is gonna be picking up the wrong lead all the time and then 100%. we're going to wonder why. Well, it's something, sometimes, not every time, it can be that simple of just, like, you're off. 100%. So even, like, Kate, my horse is always dropping Yeah. at the second barrel. Yeah. And then you can look at, you can just look at the rider coming down to there and be like, mm, I think it's your hip. Usually, it ha- usually, usually, usually in riders, it has to do with, like, glute strength mm-hmm. and whether or not where the hips are on that lumbar spine. Yeah. yeah. So quite often we can manipulate a little bit. You get a positive result right away. And then I always say, you're the athlete, we're just the coach. Yeah. So really, we give you a rehab program for horse and rider to take home, facilitate that, work on it, come back, and then go to the next step. I'm hoping that people, when you send them home with that homework, that they're actually doing it. Because I know a lot of people go to physio, but they don't actually do their physio exercises. But if it comes down to like horse and rider and it's going to make a difference in their time, I'm thinking that people are going to do it. <laughs> soon, I know. Just like the regular popula- population, you're like, okay, do your exercise. You're going to feel better. But you're, for me, I'm like, okay, your horse is going to like it. You're going to place better. So it actually has like a real life functional. Yeah. Whatever positive outcome from it yeah so I think our my riders are super diligent super diligent I like that a lot um you also mentioned pelvic floor in the beginning so let's talk about it I'm so passionate about pelvic floor which is like tell tell me everything because like I know nothing about how like what what you would do with pelvic floor like I you need to tell me everything okay I definitely definitely can do that so I'll take you back so during school um, you obviously do placements where you you learn, yeah. and hands-on stuff is really where you learn the most. So there was one placement available out of the whole three years to do a pelvic floor placement, and that was at the Lois Hole um, Hospital in Edmonton. Sorry, mm-hmm. Lois Hole is a, a unit in it. Yeah. Royal Alexandria Hospital. And for your gynae surgeons... Um, I believe there was seven or eight of us physios. There was nurse continence advisors, nurse um, practitioners. Um, We had a pharmacist. We had a pain team. And everyone in that unit was just devoted to women's health and pelvic floor. Now, when I, and I can go super deep into this, but pelvic floor really, so the actual muscles attached to your pubic bone go to your tailbone. So that's the bottom. Yeah. 
than for your core, you have all of your abdominals. And I don't mean just that sexy eight pack right. that looks good, that really doesn't do much more than just like do crunches, yeah. your obliques. And then you have your TA, which is transverse abdom- abdominus, which is your spanx of life. So <laughs> all those mums out there that have that little pouch down below, we need to get your TA to engage. Um, and it's so important for riding, just for overall balance. And then you have at the top of it, your diaphragm, which is the bottom of the lungs. That together is your whole core system. Okay. So... The, as a pelvic floor physiotherapist, what we do is making sure that that system works properly. Mm-hmm. So not to scare anybody, but like if you came into me and you're like, hey, my shoulder, just like right now, like your left shoulder is a lot more forward than your right shoulder <laughs> and you're twisted. I will sit more <laughs> straight. Here we go. Okay. okay. I would like to paint you as a picture here first. We're at the equine trade show in Saskatchewan. And we're like, okay, it's too loud in there. So then we try and find somewhere else. So if you can hear some random stuff in the background, well, there's these trolleys going by with food <laughs> from Hull, whatever we're in. And now we're sitting, it looks like there was a shop party or something in here at the night before and all these tables are set up. We thought it would be quiet. So, okay, I want to sit more square. Okay, go yeah, ahead. still more forward. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, noted. She's, she's getting on the table later. Um, so, so pelvic floor physio really is anyone, and it doesn't even have to be any negative symptoms, but um, so if you came to me for that shoulder, I'd want to palpate those muscles around there, right? Yeah. So... For a pelvic floor exam, not everyone has to have an internal examination. Yes, I said internal. Yeah. But gold standard is to have an internal examination to make sure how your muscles are actually functioning properly. Yeah. And then we give you exercises to go from there. So the majority of riders tend to be type A. We tend to be tight overall. Or we tend to wear our shoulders as earrings up here a little bit more. Yeah. Our glutes tend to be tight and weak and our pelvic floors tend to be tight and super weak. Okay. It's because if a muscle doesn't have full range, it's not going to have full strength. Therefore, we're not able to pelvic tilt. So yeah. really think about that sitting trot going forward and backwards, not able to do that properly in the saddle. We're not able to diaphragmatically breathe. So think when you're done that run, you, should be, you shouldn't be out of breath. It's oh, only man, 17 seconds. Exactly. Right? But we're holding our breath so our diaphragm's not moving appropriately. Yeah. Um, if you're getting off... Sorry, there's another trolley. <laughs> <laughs> Two. The train. So um, if you have to get off your horse and, like, pee multiple times, one even just before a run, yeah. that's not normal. Okay. You should only be going pee every three to four hours. Pain during intercourse. Yeah. Um, for any of my moms, if you have any pain or leaking of urine or feces. Yeah. Post-baby, that's one. Um, diastasis recti, which is the splitting of the abdominals mm-hmm. um, when you have have your kids so we look at all of that and get you back to being functioning because if that core isn't working appropriately one you're not gonna have any balance in the saddle yes and it might not seem like you have any symptoms now but 90 percent of women have some sort of a prolapse post baby okay um and might not rear rear its ugly head now but when you hit perimenopause menopause when all of our hormones decrease that's when things are going to come out because just like our skin gets softer on our hands and stuff so it does in the pelvic floor as well and your connective tissue gets looser so things start to come down so you want to make sure that you have full control of your pelvic floor like being able to kegel properly and I don't mean just like squeezing but also being able to release properly yeah because you can't do that I guarantee you're gonna have problems later on in life yeah um so yeah this is something like really I have like my dream job I get to work on horses um pelvic floor making sure that women are healthy overall yeah my physio and it's all in one so that is so cool yeah and those are things I feel like women don't want to talk about, they're shy to talk about, feel awkward to talk about, 
but we need to talk about it. And so I'm really glad that you brought this up. And so ladies, again, if you see Kira somewhere, go up to her and talk to her and don't be scared to ask these questions or have these things done and worked on with her because it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And quite off. Yeah. I've, yeah. Come and ask me anything. I'm super open. Like yeah. I will, I, I love this. This is my passion in life. And one thing I'll add to that is quite often as riders, our hip flexors get quite tight. So yes. we're leaning more forward in the saddle, right? Yeah. And yes, you need that a little bit for when you're coming out of that barrel to like pop forward. However, if you're having any pain in your hips and you've had everything else looked out by another physio or a chiropractor, yeah. you should go internally because those those glute muscles attach internally in there. And quite often, sometimes that pain is coming from inside and not on from the outside. So if we can just release it and wow. give you the tools to do it at home it's honestly, it's like life changing. And one of the biggest things to some women, just like my regular population come in, like I didn't do my exercises. I was like, okay, number one, you're spending money to come here and your time. And I was like, if I can give you anything, I was like, if your pelvic floor can function properly, orgasms and intercourse is going to be so much better. So it's like (laughs) the biggest win. I was like functional win and just overall. Hallelujah. (laughs) Exactly. I love it. That's awesome. There you go, ladies. There's like so many reasons that you need to come and talk to Kara when you see her somewhere. Um, Kate, is there anything else that you want to cover? No, just come say hi. Yes. Yeah, we're different and we honestly want to make an impact. I guess the other thing is that, so even though we are, we're a physio clinic, we have massage therapy in there for Mm -hmm. horse and for rider. Yes. We now have an osteopath as well. Um, we also do canines. So we also work on dogs. Awesome. Everyone in the horse world has dogs. Yes. But the biggest thing I want to, other thing I want to stress is that in the healthcare world as humans, mm-hmm. um, interdisciplinary, so working as a team is huge. So yeah. you, your doctor knows what's going on, your massage therapist, your chiro, your physio, everyone has access to your x-rays, all of that. And that is something that I think is getting bigger in the horse world, but needs more. Yes. So we need our circle of influence. So if your horse has something going on, your farrier should know, your massage therapist, your physio, your chiro, your vet, yes. everyone should, and get them to pass the records around. Yes. You paid for all of those records, so get them to pass them around. Yes. Be like, hey, you saw my horse. I want a nice little letter sent back. Yeah. Um, another train. <laughs> um, so that's one thing that I think is getting better in the horse world. Oh, I think, I think we're getting kicked out. It's better in the horse world. But on that note, come say hi. And thank you so much for my morning coffee. Don't worry. We are not done yet. Oh. I'm sorry, guys, if this is loud. I don't know what it's going to sound like, but we've got a couple questions left for Kira. Okay. okay. So I listen to Tim Ferriss podcast and he always asks people like, they're not generic questions. They're just questions that are, like most interviewers don't think to ask. So okay. um, number one, what is your favorite podcast right now that you're listening to? Okay, listening right now is Dolly Parton, right. Dolly's America. Okay, I'm on episode two, yeah. and I totally started crying. As, did you know that the Whitney Houston song, I Will Always Love You, is Dolly's? No. Okay, I'm listening to it, and then I'm crying as I'm driving to the SAS. You need to listen to Dolly. Okay. And even, like, the first one is called Sad Ass Songs, and about how <laughs> all of her songs go back to, like, her childhood. It's crazy. So I'm really excited to get in my vehicle and, like, listen back to that. But I would say my number one favorite podcast is Dr. Death by Wondery. <laughs> O-M-G. Like jaw-dropping, can't believe that has actually happened in this day and age. Keep you awake on the road kind of podcast. Oh my god. Okay, noted. I need that. Glad I... You have to text that to me. Yeah, definitely glad that our healthcare system is the way it is here. Oh, yes. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> okay, what are you looking forward to in 2020 the most? 
Oh gosh. I always say like next week things are going to slow down. <laughs> um, so that's something I look forward to, but I know what, what am I looking forward to in 2020? I stumped her, you guys. You totally stumped <laughs> No, do you know what? That filly I got, it's yeah. DHI. I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to starting her and just got another um, little red round, a three-year-old. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to starting them. Yeah. That'll yeah. be really good for 2020. Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. What's something that you're currently obsessed with? It can be literally anything. Oh, do you know what? There's these protein shakes from Costco. Okay. <laughs> they are so good. What are they called? What do you know of the brand? It's not a Kirkland brand. Okay. I don't know. They come in like strawberry, vanilla, chocolate, and this caramel one. And they're in little boxes and they are in, yeah, they're in the protein aisle. I don't know the brand, but, but they're, they're so good. They're so good. Okay. Well, we'll show, we'll post a picture of them um, in the comments on the Facebook page. Like even the caramel <laughs> one to put in your coffee in the morning. Ooh, that'd be nice. Mixing your protein shake and your coffee, two in one. And I'm not, and I'm not in shape, but yes, that <laughs> tastes good. Okay. Well, I think that that's all I have for little questions like that for now. Thank you so much for doing this. And I really hope that people start to actually utilize you more at these shows. Um, What are you at? Any barrel races coming up or is it going to be like ABRA finals will be the big one that you'll be at? We are toying with going to the one that Randon Nugent is putting on down south, that big fraturity. Yeah, the South Country. Yeah. Yeah. We're toying with going down there. Um, and so all, that's May. So that's coming up. That is sort com- of. <laughs> yeah, th- that is coming. It'll be here before we know it. Um, CBHI, ABRA. Um, and I haven't decided if I'm running in um, the Car Stairs series yet. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So yeah, good. It's up in the air. But yeah, if you um, equusphysio.com is our yeah. website. And then we're also super active on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, I was noticing on there, you guys are posting a lot of stuff on the uh, social media. So Equus, E-Q-U-U-S, Physio, P-H-Y-S-I-O, on, again, the website, Facebook, Instagram. You're posting a lot of stuff on there. I know the first couple that I saw recently were contests for Valentine's Day. But then even before that, I think you're posting, like, stretches and different things like that. Those are so important. I feel like people aren't... Uh, in this day and age, it's really frustrating on social media that people aren't clicking on links or the algorithm isn't letting us see links that take us to external websites like yours or mine. But people, if there's some reading to do or it has something to do with your horse, read it because they're putting out good content because they care about you and your horse. So you should be utilizing it. And every Monday we are having a podcast going out that is related to riders. Cool. So, or sorry, not, sorry, I lied, not a podcast. Oh, I was like, damn, she's got a podcast <laughs> no, too. I didn't not even a, know. A blog, a blog, <laughs> not a podcast, a blog. Um, and then for the pelvic floor stuff, yeah. Instagram is ladybizphys, L-A-D-Y-B-I-Z-P-H-Y-S. And okay. there's tons of like exercises on there. Yeah. And that, and even if you don't have any negative symptoms, all of that stuff is It's useful. still going to help. Yeah, useful information. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. High five. I'm so glad we did this. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. All right, ladies. Find Kira on Facebook and uh, make sure you stop in and say hi to her at the next show.